and welcome to Just Plain Wrong, the podcast where three Mennonite librarians discuss depictions of Amish, Mennonites, and other plain groups in popular culture. I'm Erin, your moderator for this episode, and with me are Tilly and Abby, my co-hosts. This week, we will be discussing Plus One at an Amish Wedding, a Hallmarky style movie that wasn't actually done by Hallmark, uh, in which a young woman accompanies her boyfriend to his Amish brother's wedding. So let's talk about weddings. <laughs> what is uh, one unique, interesting, memorable, in my case, it's going to be a touch awkward uh, <laughs> wedding experience. Like what's a fun wedding memory that you have? So Tilly, you get to start. I guess that probably the most distinct wedding I've been to was one for my brother and his husband which happened in the middle of COVID, the actual, you know, larger party and ceremony has been postponed um, until who knows when. And essentially what happened is that there were four of us and half of us were the grooms. And we walked around the city where they live and found a nice building to stand in when it started to rain. And then they told each other, I marry you. And then we signed some paper and then we went to go get lunch. (laughs) which was uh sandwiches as i was told <laughs> but it was it was nice and i was still very glad to be there mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. well i'll go next and i don't my story is it's just one that always comes to mind when i think of funny wedding moments and actually one of my other so we've talked about my idea for a jello themed podcast one of the other ideas that was swirling around my mind was just a podcast called like awkward church moments because having grown up <laughs> going to church my whole life i just feel like i have so many um and maybe someday we can have a spin-off season that's just like yes awkward awkward church moments so anyway the awkward wedding church moment um this was a college friend i was actually in this wedding it was it was lovely and they are still married so i don't want to disparage this couple at all but it was my first catholic wedding so there was that it was very long and very formal and then the priest was on the older side of the age range and was very traditional. And at one point he dropped the rings, both of them, and made some comment about not being able to find them because they had rolled under his dress. And so we were trying to stifle giggles at this point. And then later when he gets into his, is it called a homily in Catholic weddings, Tilly? That is correct. Yes. Getting getting confirmation from our And and the dress is called an alb. Well, he called it the dress. So. Oh, intriguing okay he was like i can't find the rings they've gone under my dress (laughs) um but then in the homily he i don't remember much of it but i remember very specifically that he told this horrific story about another couple that he married that died on their honeymoon and how we need to take every moment to be you know the moment that it is because we might die tomorrow and it just (laughs) was was a very memorable and kind of the wrong way <laughs> yeah. wedding experience. So yeah. Anyway, that was, yeah. that, that's one of many, but m- one of my favorites. Nice. Well, I was, <laughs> I was trying to brainstorm when I was looking at this question. I was like, Oh, this is a great question, but I have no idea what to talk about. And then I was like, I just feel like I haven't been to any weddings. I've probably only been to 10 weddings. And then Aaron was like, yeah, that's not true. And I was like, yeah, it isn't. I'm sure I've been to more than 10 weddings. 
but I haven't been to a wedding in a while. However, this conversation did prompt me. Now, this is going way back. This would have been, I think, one of those like post-college weddings. And I was just, it's actually very endearing and also kind of hilarious, but um, a wonderful, a wonderful couple. But I forget exactly how it started, I think with the groom, but basically partway through the ceremony, maybe when they were getting close to like exchanging the vows, like just got a fit of the giggles. And then they would keep setting each other off. And then like, they would kind of hold it together and then something else would happen. And it was actually, it was just like the sweetest thing. And I think like, obviously I was an outside observer and I didn't like, I think it it never caught to that point where it was like, you know, because weddings can be a highly pressurized situation. And so it could be tricky when something is like not going according to plan. But my takeaway from it was in memory, at least, is just like, just finding it, you know, kind of sweet and silly, but also just like, yeah, this is like, it's a, it's an odd thing. Like, it's an odd thing to do in some ways. You're standing up in front of all these people that you care about. And it's like this kind of highly can be this intense thing. And um, yeah, just remember them getting like giggles and just not being able to stop. And it was yeah, mm-hmm. sweet and funny. See, that's adorable. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I've been to a lot of wonderful weddings, but one that stands out uh, rather recently since it just was this last summer was a friend and her now husband who instead of doing a tree planting or candle lighting, you know, sand jar, any of the the various metaphors for coming together as a couple in a relationship, decided that they would make a peanut butter sandwich together. And it was delightful and everyone thought it was great. Did they (laughs) eat it? They did. For their mouths and all like dummy for the fact <laughs> i don't think so i mean i was That's a little horrible. concerned for her dress but mm. they they were on top of it yeah they knew and they they didn't tell very many people about this beforehand we just knew there was a, a cloth over top of a table where there would be some sort of unity symbol we were all speculating as to what it was and we were all deeply wrong oh, um, I like that. so no reason like that your that. unity symbol has to be I don't know uh, ex- what the expected yeah. thing. And if you're well, going like, to do a candle, pre-light the wick. Because I've been to more than one <laughs> wedding where they could not get the unity candle to light. <laughs> yeah. I like that peanut butter sandwich idea, too. too. There's just like, it's both this idea of, you know, weddings can be built up so much as this like really big event, but you know, it's just one mm-hmm. marker in a long journey of a lot of like boring everyday things like mm-hmm. making peanut butter sandwiches. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you have to, really you have lonely. to feed each other and you hope that you're mm-hmm. compatible. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, a little nicer too than candles that might burn out um, or will eventually burn out. And I, I always, I, I like plants as unity symbols mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. my brother and sister-in-law planted a tree and there was like one summer where I was really worried the tree was going to die. It didn't. Yeah. It looks great. But like, I can see myself as someone who is not talented at gardening being like, let's plant a tree and then having it die like two months later. Yeah. And you know what? I don't, I don't think that will happen uh, I, at a wedding for me. <laughs> It just it doesn't seem wise. 
Uh, yeah. Similarly, I mean, I also really like plants as symbols for these type of things, but I also remember, I think I was gifted a peace lily uh, after my baptism as like a symbol of, you know, faith and new life and mm-hmm. commitment and uh, yeah, I think I accidentally killed it sometime during college by like leaving it in the dorm over some break or whatever. And then just being like, yeah, I just like symbolically kill my faith um, by forgetting <laughs> to water it. Like, I mean, this like there's a whole thing about like tending to faith. Like it works really great with your plan until you, you know, you accidentally kill it. Until you kill it. Well, moving on to our summary. So again, our movie this week is called Plus One at an Amish Wedding. So everything is great between Dr. April and her veterinarian boyfriend of six months, Jesse, until the day he finally decides to tell her that his family is Amish and that he wants her to come home with him to attend his brother's Amish wedding. Hence our movie name, Plus One at an Amish Wedding. April is a bit shocked, but mostly rolls with this, even though she doesn't know anything about the Amish. So off they head to fictional Stone County, Pennsylvania to meet Jesse's family. As a side note, Jesse is ready to propose and is carrying a ring around with him. So despite never having brought April to meet his family or even like mentioned his background to her, he's like ready to marry her. Anyway, so we get to the Amish home where Jesse's siblings are excited to see him and to meet April, but Jesse's mother is not, and Jesse's father had passed away um, a couple years ago before they could reconcile. The mother is very rude to April and instead reminds Jesse that a girl he sort of courted when he was like 16 years old, Naomi Trotter, is recently widowed. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Um, Naomi then conveniently starts showing up to all the wedding preparations, even though she isn't family. And she is also uh, very rude to, to April. And all of this family drama reaches its peak the day of the wedding. April was only invited to the reception and shows up wearing Jesse's mom's Amish dress, which she had permission to do. And also, for some reason, an Amish bonnet that was retrieved from the lost and found of the air, or not Airbnb, the actual bed and breakfast that she was staying in. And um, it was just a flashback. Same actress from a few Hallmark movies ago that had the bangs. So we got a lovely return to the Amish bangs in a covering. Anyway, at the reception, Naomi pulls April aside to say some mean and untrue things about how April is keeping Jesse away from his true desire, which is to be back on the farm and return to the Amish. And April is like, that's not true. And then Naomi collapses. So good thing April is a doctor. She sort of saves Naomi's life or at least gets her to an ambulance. And then like abruptly decides that she needs to get on the ambulance too because Naomi is right. She's keeping Jesse from his family. And this apparently, this confused me for like the next five minutes of the movie. This apparently meant they were breaking up and not just like her leaving the ambulance. And (laughs) Jesse, for his part, looks confused, but doesn't chase after her or even like contact her. Anyway, um, and of course, though, all of this ends happily with Naomi and Jesse's mom realizing they were being capital J jerks and Jesse and his mother begging April's forgiveness. And then, of course, a proposal that she says yes to. The end. Then, of course, they do abandon their big city life and move back to Stone County, Pennsylvania to open up side by side private veterinarian slash doctor practices on main street where they will you know live happily ever after i'm sure 
I don't think I even mentioned that they lived in New York City, but (laughs) they do live in New York City. (laughs) I feel like whenever you go to Amish country, the big city is implied. (laughs) Yes, it's true. It's true. All right. So I actually felt like this movie gave us a lot of Amishy things to consider. So I broke out our discussion on accuracies, inaccuracies into two parts. So part one is like the setting and the details. So things like location and names and all of the foods that were mentioned, things like that. So Abby, do you want to start? A small thing I did like is like they go to this bakery thing and the very first thing that they uh, exclaim about are the whoopie pies, which I also and I kind of like that scene, actually, because like she gets really excited about the whoopie pies and then. And he kind of jokingly goes and like, oh, and look, it's a blueberry muffin. And she's like, oh, blue- I know what a blueberry muffin is. <laughs> so like this whole, I felt like it was just, I mean, it was a very sh- small moment, but like, yeah, there are some baked goods that Amish are known for come from particular areas where Amish can be found, but they're also just like, there's just baked goods, you know, uh, <laughs> they're not magical. And then another little thing I did think about is I feel like this was at least a step in the right direction in that there were three children. So the, at least the siblings that were known is like a brother, uh, like that Jesse's Jesse's brother who was getting married. And then there was a sister. So there's at least three of them, which is better in the past when we felt like they were just, you know, uh, only children or whatever. But still, three does seem a little low to me. But I also, it, I mean, and actually, like, all three of them were characters. I mean, varying degrees of involvement. I was going to say, the other thing is, I did think it was interesting that they portrayed a varying varying degrees of enthusiasm in terms of the Amish and kind of, quote, unquote, modern medicine. There was a strong sense of, like, oh, we don't do that. And then others at the table were literally like, yeah, we do. So, I, and I think also... So I, I like that in the sense that, again, there's like a range of views. I felt like some of the, what this movie did, long way to get it get to this point. But I feel like one thing I liked about how this movie handled it is because they were spending more significant time with the Amish in some ways than in other things we've seen. There was all, all like this idea that Amish are not a monolith, that there were some Amish who were excited to embrace April and get to know her. And there were some who weren't. And like, just this idea that, oh, they're individuals. They have a range of perspectives on these things. And then the other thing is at one point, I think it was maybe when April was talking about whether or not she was going to be at the wedding or something, there was this clear, like, like there was this language used of like, oh yeah, the bishop said you could, or like the bishop said you couldn't kind of thing as the, as the authority in terms of how this would be decided in this particular local community. So. Yeah. Agreed. I thought that was, yeah, I it was sort of a weird scene that I'm, I'm guessing most people didn't think much about, but I had the same reaction, like, oh, how nice to express, like, to show that even within this one family, there is difference of opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we don't ask for much from our movies. I know. <laughs> yeah. So Tilly, oh, what about you? Uh, well, as far as setting goes, I mean, it looked awfully familiar, I think, probably mm-hmm. because most are actually recycled as well as the actors and I assume the costuming and I will say it didn't hit me right away when they were like we're gonna leave New York City to go to Stone County Pennsylvania I was like yeah that's probably real and then I was like no no I've spent enough time entering you know place names into catalog records for Amish directories 
I don't think there is a Stone County. And I double checked and there's not. So, you know, it seems like a plausible enough name for a county. Apparently there are like four other counties in the U.S. named Stone County. And and I guess kind of going along with that are the names. Like Jesse's last name and his family's last name is Hardin. And really the only other one we hear, like I don't think we even know April's last name, is Trotter for Naomi Trotter. And I was like, neither of those seems very Amish. And so I did look in um, some databases at work. And there are people with Amish Mennonite connections with the last name Trotter and Harden, but there really aren't many. And from what I can tell from like place of birth location records, it none of them are in any areas where there are high Amish populations. So I don't really know where those news came from. Maybe it was just a writer being like, We've already used Yoder in the last four movies, and we've already used <laughs> Schwarzenegger and Brubaker, and you know, we'll just do something new so we don't keep recycling the same names. So like, not particularly accurate, but maybe good storycraft. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like repeating the names though is 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 kind of what we do. Like that's the whole point. Like there's just yeah. a bunch of the same <laughs> names over and over again. Like, that's like yes, the protagonist is also named Rachel Smucker. Yeah. Did you have more to add, Tilly? Yeah, I mean, this might be a little bit better for our next question, but it's something I kind of noticed right away, which is that they unlike several of the novels we have read and several of the movies and shows we have watched, there is no mention of shunning and that Jesse is not shunned. And I feel like it would have been a really easy way out to just be like, he was shunned. So the fact that he can come back is a big deal, but he wasn't, he just never joined the church. So because he wasn't a member who then left that door remains open. He can go back and visit his family. And he talks about how, oh, I'd like to do that more, which implies, you know, he's done it in the past. He gets letters from them. You know, he never reconciled with his father, you know, but it wasn't that he left over some drastic principle of, you know, or tragic past. He was just like, no, this life isn't for me. And this one is. And that was enough to cause dysfunction in the family. But it also wasn't that big of a plot point. Like it wasn't, there was no like, you betrayed me by leaving. <laughs> or like, it was like, oh, I never really had a good conversation with my dad after I left. And and my mom is now afraid that all of her children will leave for an English life. So I appreciate that this took that route, that it was just like, no, you, you, this this sort of in between lifestyle is something that is possible, and it did it did make me predict the ending. Like the instant they got back to the farm, I was like, they're gonna leave the big city for a small town life where April can be a doctor who's patient and cares. Because April was unhappy with her job where she couldn't talk with her patients to get to know them, and you know there was just too many patients to see. I feel like as soon as she got chastised by that, like, attending doctor the first time, I was like, oh, I see where this is going. <laughs> yeah. 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 It took me until she was complaining to either her sister or to Jesse about, I don't know if I even want to be a doctor anymore. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, you're going to leave. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, I don't have a, a ton to add. I guess I was sort of impressed at the amount of random details they threw into this movie because it just felt like, I mean, it, we, we talk about veneer a lot and there was definitely that going on, but I was sort of impressed at the amount of random details they stuck in. So they threw in... Like you eat celery at a wedding for good luck, specifically a cream of celery soup in this case. But I think it's really just celery that's good luck, right? I don't know. Um, But that was in there. They had um, some references to not being allowed to uh, use mirrors. And the the sister, Rachel, was just starting her rumspringa. So she was like sneaking in magazines and makeup, like the sort of things where we, when we're talking about rumspringa on this podcast, we're often saying like, yeah, they're not doing like crazy things like drugs. They're usually just <laughs> trying on jeans and makeup. And that's how this movie depicted it. And I was like, okay, that's not terrible. Yeah. So, oh, and one other thing <laughs> in terms of accuracy. So, there was this whole ridiculousness where Jesse's car that he was driving got a flat tire. So they could no longer drive around Amish countries. So they're forced to take the buggy back and forth to the bed and breakfast that April was staying at because of course she wouldn't stay at the same place as her boyfriend, whatever. <laughs> but anyway, she found the buggy ride a little bit terrifying. And <laughs> I remember the first time I rode in a buggy and it is terrifying. These are not like the carriages that if you've like done one in tourist country, these are like, they feel flimsy and cars fly by you really fast. And so her reaction was like, oh yeah, I, I feel like that's <laughs> actually rather, rather accurate. I don't know. In terms of inaccuracies, I'll just say like matchmaking came up again. Maybe that's a thing and I don't realize it. And then uh, there are lots of buttons in the costuming. And I think we've mentioned this before that I'm guessing they just, it's too hard to make costumes without buttons. So they just (laughs) don't even try. (laughs) All right. So let's go into the characters a little bit more. So yeah, like what did you notice about the characters in terms of like inconsistencies or I don't know, just what characters do you want to talk about? Well, one thing that I noticed was that the sort of come to Jesus moments for Jesse's mother and for Naomi Trotter both only come when they get sort of like chastised or gently like nudged by men and there are the all these man. moments sorry the same the man same man <laughs> yeah uh the it was naomi's father i think and there are all these other moments where other characters like april herself will defend her decisions or try and be conciliatory and someone will override her or rachel the sister who's thinking about maybe leaving or is it at very least, interested in English life. You know, leave that door open or are fairly transparent (laughs) in the ways that they say, like, you don't have to be rude. Um, And there's some moderation. The mother, I think, she sort of realizes that her lack of generosity and hospitality needs to be corrected before she realizes that, like, her son needs to be free to love who he loves so you know like that that's in stages which makes sense but i just it just sort of upset me that all of these earlier opportunities for reflection and dialogue and talk and learning 
that would happen between women or as like in the course of daily life, like it, it feels like the women had internalized their place in society to the point where it was only when a male elder, you know, wisely and sagely suggested, you know, forgiveness or grace or whatever that they could be like, ah, yes, that is a good idea. And I guess that could be accurate, even though it's frustrating. You know, I think there's something to say about needing someone outside of yourself or outside of your immediate, like, family to bring in an outside opinion. But I I was still sort of like, stop internalizing sexism. <laughs> um, and then... On a, I guess, a somewhat similar note, I felt like April's decision to break up with Jesse was an odd one. I think she was affected by Naomi trying to warn her off and the idea that someone she loved might not, you know, might live with regret. So I feel like having that struggle makes sense, but then she, like, went back to the inn, had her sister pick her up, and so you know, there was no further dialogue. It was just hop into an ambulance and break it all off. Oh, I was like, did they never did they never have a fight before? Like, what, how are you about to propose to someone? Yeah, or like he, they don't have phones so that they can call each other or text or something? I had a lot of problems with the breakup scene. And, and I get the sense that Jesse tried going to the um B and B to find her and she had already left, but I don't maybe I'm just imagining that. Uh, <laughs> anyway, think it. she goes from <laughs> like I can understand being like, oh I was too hasty. I will listen to him. We'll get back together. But she goes from like I will break this off for his own good to like we will get married, have kids, move, and set up a private practice. All within mm-hmm. like a very short amount of time. Which is, I guess, like, if they got engaged after six months, and, like, maybe that's just the way they live, but I, (laughs) it's just, like, slow down. Mm -hmm. Slow down. Well, they're definitely, I mean, I I hear the issues with the breakup. I guess I interpreted it slightly different, because one of my big frustrations with all of this is that Jesse basically does not interfere. Like, he makes a couple, like, oh, tut, tut, mom. But he, it is, like, it is, you know, and I'm not saying this in like a male, like a gender dynamic, but in a partnered, if you are interacting with your partner's family and your partner's and your family is being mean or rude to your partner, it is your job to tell them to cut that out. <laughs> like that is your role. And the whole fact that he had never told her that he was Amish, he doesn't really defend her when her Amish, when his Amish family like is so rude to her. I really actually I saw her break up more as like kind of if you're in this situation and you're watching your your boyfriend or your partner basically not defend you and then someone else from this family tells you, you know, something that isn't true but could play into this fear of, oh, yeah, maybe he doesn't love me. Maybe it's not worth it. Maybe he isn't going to stay with me because so far he's acting like a real jerk. Like I I fully agree with you, but I don't feel like she ever... If she felt like that, that did not come across. She doesn't, she doesn't articulate it to me. I guess this was my like underpinning no. of like, 
mm-hmm. was getting annoyed on her behalf. So yeah. I kind of wanted her to leave. So I feel like what she <laughs> verbalized was like, oh, yeah, I, I love him too much. I have to let him go, which I was like, Stockholm syndrome? Like, what's going on? Like, he's a jerk. <laughs> so I was all prepared for her to leave. I just didn't like. Yeah, so I, I hear you on that. I don't think she, it was not articulated in that way in the movie. I did think that she was insecure. And for some reason, the last half of the movie got me. But I was pretty angry that he hadn't told her. Because yeah. it, like, really, it's not like you have a horrible secret. Like, right. maybe you don't tell someone that on the first date. But I feel like by the third, you can be like, oh, by the way, you know, I didn't get that reference you just made because I was raised Amish. Right. Uh, and so I haven't caught up on all the television references yet. Or like, uh, by the way, I attend a Mennonite church now uh, because I was raised Amish. Or <laughs> like something. You f- you have to figure that like faith would have come up or mm-hmm. beliefs or where you're from. And I think she maybe knew he was from Pennsylvania, but like not that he had a brother. This is all stuff that your spouse should know for you propose mm-hmm. and i kind of forgot until now how angry i was at jesse for just being like this doesn't matter yeah it felt like in many ways it was <laughs> you have to have a plot somehow <laughs> so it felt yeah. like of course he's not going to tell her because plot and then he's not going to defend her against his family because plot and like mm-hmm. so it just it felt a little bit like it just ended up yeah, yeah I, I i did not understand his character at all well, and even at the end, like you pointed out, it wasn't Jesse going to his mom and being like, hey, the way you treated the woman I love is why she left. Like, he sort of said, I was going to propose and now she's gone. And I think she felt bad about it. But he still wasn't direct with like, hey, you were right. part of this. It was, right. yeah, it wasn't until like Naomi was like, oh, I feel bad. And the dad was like, oh, maybe we should stop meddling in our <laughs> children's lives. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys pick up on anything that that would lead to any reason at all why Jesse took so long to tell her? Nope. Not like trauma or like a really bad experience with a past girlfriend who left him when she found out he was raised Amish or Just like a backstory. <laughs> I don't know, like an <laughs> implausible backstory where he like had to work twice as hard to get his GED to go to college to get a veterinary degree. You know, like what I don't doubt that telling someone you were raised Amish would give them preconceived notions of you or would bias them in some way. But it's not like saying, by the way, I spent time in juvie. It it dawned on me and I actually wrote this in my notes, like how in the context we grew up in and just where we've lived how if we met someone and they were like oh I was born Amish how that would not even register as like slightly weird to any of us that's true that's where, and I wrote in my notes am I the weird one that this wouldn't be yeah. weird <laughs> I totally understand maybe not disclosing that on a first date or something like that but yeah this idea yeah. like you've gotten six months you're engaged like you're not engaged yet but you're considering it like the movie did not create a very uh, believable character in Jesse. Like he just doesn't, he wasn't given enough, like other, you know, th- there wasn't enough um, complexity explained there in terms of why he would have made those decisions. What I did Is believe this- about Jesse was his sultry gaze. And when he, 
when he would stare at April, I would be like, oh, like the acting in this is not top notch. But I believe when I see you staring at her that you are in love. Do you happen to know that those actors are married? Oh, no, I didn't know that. No. Her name is Galadriel. Oh, that's right. Yes, he's our Lord of the Rings has, Hallmark has actress. He, has he been in one of these movies before? They've played, a, a, they've been romantic leads to each other before in Follow oh. Your Heart. He was the hunky poet. Oh, oh, he just didn't have a beard this time. No, and he left the Amish in that one too. You're right. Yeah. I was distracted yeah. by his sultry gazes and his super tight shirt in the final I know. scene. <laughs> did have tight shirts it was like oh you've still got your plain coat and it's very snug (laughs) oh man yeah no they're married and they have played this role like they have been opposite each other in a romantic so when he's staring at her with i love you eyes he really okay that makes some things make sense Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. like there's this there's a couple scenes where i'm like literally like wow he really does look at her like he's madly in love like props okay (laughs) I mean, still props, but yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, I think we've talked through the characters a lot. I guess the only other thing I want to add is I just found the mother to be such a ridiculous caricature of like, and she had the worst German accent. She was like a stereotypical, like the character you imagine, the villain in the movie who has the bad German accent, except in this case, she's also wearing an Amish dress. And I hated it from top to bottom (laughs) and I I didn't really understand it or her motivations or behaviors throughout the whole thing I'm glad she came around at the end but it it didn't make sense I felt like her accent changed too when she stopped being so mean but maybe that was all in my head I did not even notice the accent because the sound editing for this movie was horrendous the background noise was approximately twice as loud as the dialogue which made this so hard to li- to watch and listen to. So it seemed worse for Jesse. Like, I don't know if it's just a lower voice range. I feel like he was harder to hear than April. Sound editing is something you shouldn't notice about a movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, and- <laughs> All right. So let's talk about how this movie compared to the other movies from this. I'm going to call it the Hallmarky Amish cinematic universe. And uh, I think we probably all have some different things to chat about, but I'll start by saying that one thing I noticed is that this movie, unlike I think all of the other ones, it made some interesting attempts at diversifying the cast. And so I guess A for effort, (laughs) even if I felt like those attempts were a little caught up in stereotypes. So we had the the couple that owned the inn that April stayed at in Amish country we only ever meet the the wife of the couple but she is a, a black woman who doles out helpful advice in a very stereotypical usually the role of the wise old black man and it went to this mm-hmm. sort of younger woman and she talked a little bit about fitting in in the community so and then the other was um April's sister's husband whose name I can't remember was was also a black man. And we hear a lot, like a theme in the movie was if we can get our family and your husband's family to 
connect and be accepting of this interracial relationship, then anything is possible. And we can get this Amish family on board with this non-Amish daughter-in-law. And it, the thing I didn't like about that messaging was how they implied that it wasn't just April's white family that had a problem with this, that also, like, they, they couldn't just make it like, oh, some people are racist. They had to make it like, everyone has, everyone's a little bit racist, to quote mm-hmm. um, Q, I guess. I don't know. I'm, I'm curious how that all, uh, again, I, A for effort, I was thrilled to see more than one person of color in this movie. Um, just felt a little icky about how some of it played out. Yeah, I I definitely noticed that as well. And I think it was like it was like a step in the right direction, but it was like basically you just went straight into like colorblind, like mm-hmm. the world is fine because color doesn't matter anymore. Like they clearly acknowledged it as something that made the families have a like a little bit of a harder time to get to know, but it was in this very, yeah, like you kind of said, like Oh, this is just something we all have to work through, and on and again, just it's a, it's a personal thing. It's a simple thing, and if we just love each other well enough, everything works out. So it just skims right over any of systemic issues or anything about like, yeah, the more complex dynamics of what goes on um, in terms of these these types of things. And I, I don't know. I kind of go back and forth because I'm like, well, at least you had like, yeah, there were two characters who were black in this which is more than most of the other movies we've seen but at the same time I'm like they were very minor characters I don't know it's just like I like it's a step in the right direction maybe but I guess in some ways I'm not even entirely convinced that it is because it's like it kind of it it could really easily add to like it's still a white dominated story which kind of wraps race up like as a kind of a nice thing that's mostly fixed by if a white woman tries hard enough to get people to get along. Mm-hmm. I just don't know, like they invited more stereotypes in, but like, is that progress? I, I don't know if I would call it that. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I was glad that the sister and their brother-in-law, you know, were at least in more than one scene, you know, they were present throughout and that their kids april's nephews were there so it sort of felt like oh this is her life you know there's mentions of their past struggles and they i also was like "Mm, i I feel like if there's a problem with an interracial relationship i suspect the majority of that problem came from the white family but depending on the path of a relationship i was like okay i'm willing to envision a scenario where they announce that they're getting married and the white family is taken aback and kind of freaks out a little and then the black family is like really you want to marry into that and then it just causes tensions with families who just are like well we you don't want to be our family so I could see that being some of the drama, but because they never outline what exactly the drama is, like they never say like our parents are racist or like <laughs> grandma tried to disown me or, you know, like whatever the problem is, they, because they don't state it, you know, we're left thinking that it's fixable. And racism, I mean, it, fixable one would hope, but like, Again, like you, like you said, Abby, not just because a white woman tries hard. 
So I didn't really love the way that they were sort of positioning these two relationship dramas to sort of be equivalent because they're not. But I I felt that there was enough vagueness and then enough sort of like sisterly support that it sort of came up in a naturalish way. Like, so if... I was in an interracial relationship and I had a younger sister who was having drama in her relationship. I'd be like, well, you helped me and now I'll help you. And I wouldn't take the time to be like, well, it could be worse. Could be racism. (laughs) So, so as a vehicle to say like, this is family supporting family or like sometimes struggles are inevitable that I understood, but it, it still left that kind of false equivocation there and i would have liked more explanation for that or a little bit more clarity in like the differences in the situations one thing i did really like was just the existence of the sister rachel i felt like she was kind of a a type of an amish girl we hadn't seen before we saw a lot of like jaded ex-amish women who come back or, like, the perfect Amish girl, or the, like, romantic rival Amish girl. We didn't get, like, curious but concerned Amish girl, which is what we got with Rachel, which is, like, interested and compassionate and, like, welcoming and also tried to, like, put on lipstick and, like, a secret mirror. And I just sort of liked her presence. And I would have liked to know more about her. Like, her mother was really opposed to her reading magazines and stuff. And I was like, is she not on Springer? Has she joined the church? <laughs> that, like, I wanted to know where she was at in her life so that I could know how much to hope that she would leave. She was just her- starting Rumspringa. She mentioned that at the beginning. Oh, they did? Okay. I it. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like the mom should have been more relaxed about that in addition to being more relaxed about everything else. (laughs) But I feel like this movie was lacking in comparison to our other movies. Again, it just all goes back to Love Finds You and Charm, where we had that, like, lumberjack scene, like, and it, or, or, like, the caves. It didn't have that moment of just, like, utter ridiculousness, where you're like, where did this come from? In terms of, like, yeah, an axe competition or a cave or, I guess... Those are the only two I could think of. But this movie didn't mm-hmm. have that. And I feel like I missed it. Mm-hmm. All right. So before we do reviews, any uh, favorite lines or things to mention that uh, we haven't mentioned yet? I mean, I feel like I've got a good number of lines and moments that either made me laugh or snort or get indignant. The first one was when they're in the bakery. And Jesse's like, these are whoopie pies. And kind of like, she knows what whoopie pies are. And instead of saying that she knows what whoopie pies are, she says, he says, these are whoopie pies. And she goes, these are coming. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, just like, yeah, fine. They're, they're coming now. And then they, they mm-hmm. actually walk out with like four pies too. So it's like, okay, they like their big goods. Another quote that I'm not entirely sure I heard right, but I'm pretty sure I heard right is at the end of one of their dates earlier in the movie, April is 
noting, you know, oh, you seem to know me so well. And Jesse says, you know, reading you is easy. It's, it's, you're an open book. And April says, I wish you were easy. <laughs> I think she keeps going like, you know, to read, I mean, you know, like it doesn't, <laughs> yeah. doesn't sit in yeah. innuendo long, but it still made me laugh. And then the one that made me uh, yell at the screen was when Naomi is doing her like, stay back. He belongs with us speech to April. She says, you think that changing what he wears and what he drives and where he lives makes him one of you? And I was like, yes, <laughs> I do think that. <laughs> because when you leave the Amish, you are no longer Amish, which means you are English because of the way you choose to live your life, which is reflected in what you wear and what you drive and where you live. <laughs> so like, yes, literally, I think, I think that that does make him one of us. Like he's a vet now. I see where you're coming from. I would say though, I think there's an interesting thing. This idea that just because you've left the Amish, like you're not necessarily no longer Amish, you still have those experiences and you still have those ideas and and like mm-hmm. background and a part of who you are. So the idea that somehow, like, you wouldn't have that anymore. Like, I think it, like with a number of those things, like, and this happens with Mennonites too, where we like confuse the mennonite faith with the mennonite trappings like i see where you're coming from i think i would also just say a little bit like i you know i think there's an element of like yeah yes and i guess is what i would say (laughs) yeah it's it's like okay maybe he's not you know he's not baptized amish but that doesn't Mm -hmm. mean he's fully english yeah yeah um well and also coming from the character in that particular way it's like she's not She's not a particularly likable character in the way that she's been expressing this either. And she's been kind of, you know, trying to draw really awkward lines around what it is to be Amish throughout the movie. It was so weird to see an Amish character try to be like flirty and sultry and like, like the bad girl. It it felt so weird. And I feel bad for the actress tasked with that. The one I was just going to throw in there, and I think this was, I think the sister said this when um, when April was revealing that Jesse was Amish, she goes, oh, he could have been hiding way worse than a butter churn. Because <laughs> yet again, somehow Amish equals butter churning. <laughs> yep. The one that made me LOL was when Rachel sees how april is dressed for something and i don't even know and she just jokes with her naomi trotter is going to be shaking in her prayer cap (laughs) (laughs) like oh what a fun yeah i liked that line Mm -hmm. so let's move into our reviews and let's do a scale of one to five lost and found prayer caps and uh tilly you get to start oh i'm torn because I think if you if if I were to step back and sort of look at the general arc and the setup, you know, the fact that there's there's none of the sort of repetitive bits of uh, like, will you stay in the church or will you leave? Or the like, none of the bad portrayals of shunning or things that like, I feel like this ought to be a storyline I could find some 
uh, appreciation for, but yeah, it's sort of tempered by that. It's just it's not great acting. <laughs> you know, it's terrible, and there were enough like inconsistencies throughout, even though there were also accurate things throughout that the good things were mostly overshadowed. I guess, I guess the one thing I bought is that as a couple, they seemed cute. <laughs> um, <laughs> because they are a couple. <laughs> and, and that's kind of it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm just gonna go solid down the metal 2.5. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Like if I had to re so I would not rewatch this ever unless they fix the t- sound issues, period. Yeah. But I was trying to think, like, okay, so we've watched maybe other ones, but the ones that I can remember are basically like we've watched Love Binds Even Charm, we've watched Follow Your Heart, we've watched Runaway Romance. We've watched this one. Actually, isn't there another one that had the redhead and she wanted to like, or was that Love Finds You in Charm? Where we were like, she should run off with the best friend. They have better chemistry than the lumberjack. That was Love Finds You That was Love Finds You in Charm. Okay, so this is the fourth one we've watched. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I... I don't know. I don't really want to watch any of these again. Um... (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like we do keep coming back to Love Finds You in Charm, and I don't quite know if that's just because it was the first one we watched, or so much of it matters what mood you're in when you watch this. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to watch this. I wanted to just like collapse and do other things, but I watched it because I was like, I should do my homework. So I I feel like it's I don't know if it's it's not the bottom of these four. Like I think you're right. This is probably better than Follow Your Heart. And again, it does help that it's a, like just 90 minutes, like mm-hmm. did not mess around. I don't know. I think I'm going to give it a two. I don't know what I've even rated those other movies, but no, actually, no, I'm just going to give it a two. It wasn't horrible. It tried a little bit of interesting things, but man, yeah, the sound issues alone. You know, if I was, <laughs> anyways, they were so frustrating. Is it worse? when there's enough good in them that we could see how good they could be and then they fail because like love finds you in charm i don't look on fondly but it i didn't expect anything of it either and for some reason i think i expected more of this one or it had the potential and it fell short i i think there's also something like aaron was saying there's a little bit of like goofiness like there wasn't any Mm -hmm. like this was just like pretty straightforward there wasn't anything like you know they didn't simultaneously chant to a count of 10 in some overwrought lumberjack contest like (laughs) there wasn't (laughs) this didn't jump the shark it just kind of like yeah hung all around in the pond i guess or something yeah and one one game of volleyball wasn't enough to make it joyful no that was such an awkward thing to watch oh my goodness i was so hoping that april was going to be like oh i was a d1 volleyball player and like go out there and like i was really really disappointed (laughs) or i just also really like the idea and now obviously she wouldn't have done this but like if she had just like (laughs) pulled off her clothes and been wearing full (laughs) beach volleyball garb and immediately (laughs) just started like put her hair up put a headband and it was just like you know <laughs> turns out I women ra- play better when they're not wearing <laughs> plain clothes would have given it a higher ratings if it had done something like that 
I I'm I'm gonna also give it I think a two. I I don't know. I agree with you, Tilly. One thing I liked about it is that it wasn't it didn't feel contrived. Like there was no like even though part of the plot was like Naomi trying to convince April that Jesse was going to go back to the Amish. I think those of us watching knew that that wasn't going to happen. And so there wasn't any of this like contrived, will they rejoin the Amish or will they leave? Like that was already set. He was not going back to the Amish. Instead, the drama was like about family relations. So I liked that. But yeah, the sound editing, like that knocks off a half point right there. Like it's nothing to do with the movie itself. And I I agree. I feel like it it was one of those movies that I watched thinking this could have actually been good. And it's sort of disappointing that it wasn't better. Like, I think I had to watch a 90 minute movie in three chunks. Yeah, even though it was only 90 minutes, there was like a two minute volleyball montage for no reason. (laughs) And like, Mm -hmm. yeah, just random other scenes. So I should also add, because we failed to mention this at the beginning, that there is a book by the same name that came out about six months after by Miralee Farrell, who during our Googling during this recording, we discovered is, so she both writes the screenplays for all of these, uh, the Hallmark Amish universe, cinematic universe, and then also after the movie comes out, seems to publish a book about six months later. Um, so we didn't credit her in the beginning, so I'm crediting her at the end. All right. So that wraps up this week's episode on Plus One at an Amish Wedding. We'd love to hear your thoughts on... Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> when is the appropriate time to tell your significant other that you were raised Amish? Yep, that's it. That's what we want to hear your thoughts on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as well as your recommendations, corrections, and other musings. Next week, we will be discussing By Water, a recently released graphic novel that tells the story of the early Anabaptist martyr Felix Mons. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at PlainWrongPod or email us at PlainWrongPod at gmail.com. If you'd like to help support the podcast financially, we have merch for sale at TeePublic and a Patreon that you can join. And we always appreciate when people leave reviews and subscribe, as that is how other people learn that we exist. Thanks for tuning in.